Well, good morning, Go Church family. How you feel today? You feel good? Come on. Anybody in the room love Jesus? Hey, why don't we take 10 seconds here? Let's just love on the Lord together. Can we do that? Come on. I love that song we sang a moment ago. All my life, he has been faithful. All my life, he's been so good. Can anybody testify to that? Come on. We're so glad to have you at Go Church today. Looking around this room, our South Metro Atlanta campus. This is our broadcast campus. So many familiar faces, some new faces. And we're just uh, honored to have you here on this beautiful day. This is our broadcast campus and from this location. We have the privilege to live stream our gatherings to our West Side Atlanta campus, our Montgomery County, Maryland campus there in Germantown, Maryland, and online as well. So here's what I'd love to invite you to do. As one big church family, can we put our hands together, greet one another. Come on, let's clap like this is the first time you've ever done it. Come on. Love on your church family. And then uh, if you have been a part of Go Church on any previous Sunday, you know that this moment is a weekly tradition here where before we jump into the message, we always, always pause to give honor to the brave men and women that have served in the military, those that are active duty in the military, and all of the courageous first responders. So here's what I want to invite you to do. If you're a veteran of the military, active duty first responder, every campus, I want you to put your hand in the air, hold it there for about 20 seconds, and I want every room to go crazy for these men and women. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Real loud. Let's love on them. Thank you. God bless you. I love that. Love that. Hey, today you're here on a wonderful Sunday. It's week number four of our series called Legacy. If you've missed any of the Legacy uh, series or conversation, jump back online and take a listen. But today, at the end of the gathering, we'll take up our annual Legacy offering. It's an exciting day here at Go Church. But we also have a guest speaker. And really, Pastor Dino and his wife, Delenn, they're, they're not really a guest of Go Church. This is home for them. They're no stranger to this house. Every year they come and minister in some way. Pastor Dino has spoken here before. Delenn has spoken here before. She sang today. She was the one that led us in that uh, goodness of God worship song a moment ago. And Pastor Dino preaching today. And so this couple, they could be anywhere today preaching on any platform. But to say yes to the invitation year after year is an honor for us. And it's a joy to host you guys. And Listen, their resume is, is it's impressive. Pastored Healing Place Church in Louisiana. Where's all my LSU fans at? Come on, somebody just want to pray for you. Touch them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Can I get a go dogs? Come on, somebody. All right, I got to get back. I got to get back. I don't want to get in the flesh. I don't want to get in the flesh. Although you spell God with G-O in it. So I'm just going to say that. Go dogs. And, uh, but let me say this. Uh, Pastor Healing Place Church for many, many years. Pastor Dino's written books. Uh, they serve on staff at Church of the Highlands. He's like the director, executive director of the Association of Related Churches, which is called ARC, a church planting organization, and, 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 and. They've done a lot. God's still using them to do a lot. But beyond all of the particular accomplishments, one thing I'm just really grateful about the two of you is who you are to us, to Kimberly and I. Uh, you've impacted our marriage. You've impacted our children and our ministry, and we're just so grateful. I didn't tell the first gathering this, but even this morning, Pastor Dino, I shared with you some anxiety in my heart, some insecurity that I'm walking through, and the way that you've just taken this morning and just spoken directly to me, encouraged me, and corrected me, come on, like, uh, like a spiritual father should. I'm just really, really grateful for you. So thanks for being here today. Nobody, and I mean this, nobody preaches the gospel like Dino Rizzo. 
Come on. He's a tremendous communicator. You're going to be laughing one minute, crying the next minute, all right? So here's what I want to invite every campus to do, only because the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. Would you stand on your feet, put your hands together, and welcome to the platform, the man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Dino Rizzo. Come on. Let's go. Oh, God is good. God is good. Come on. Let's clap our hands for Jesus one more time. It's always about him. Always, 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 always about him. Thank you, Pastor. What an honor it is to be here. Uh, we are just so honored, my wife and I. Thrill, thrill. Uh, I'm that, you know, uncle that shows up at the holidays you didn't really know you had. And you're like, okay, what side of the family is that from? Okay, I'm from the Italian side, glory to God. And so Delenn's from the Louisiana side. LSU may have gotten beat, but I'm going to tell you what, the fans had a good time. That's how LSU works. We may get beat, but we had a good time because that's how we, we operate in Louisiana. But it is an honor to always be at Go Church. I would walk from Birmingham. My wife and I pastored for 20 years in Louisiana. Now we've been in Birmingham for almost almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years of summer. And so uh, we love any time we get to talk to your pastors and get the opportunity to come and be here. The worship, I'm always excited during the worship, the prayer, what happens in the foyer, what's happening with kids, uh, just all across church life. Uh, your heart for people, the heart of generosity, you cannot ignore it here. It's seen across church life over and over again. Of course, the, the legacy series that you're in, but you'll see it all throughout the month of December. Generosity, generosity, reaching people. And uh, so we're just grateful. And I love that you give people a pathway. It's called a move track, getting a small group, serving on a team. Uh, that is That is super important. Don't rush by that. Don't rush by that because I know I would not be here today when I showed up in church, didn't know anything. I was so grateful for that little small church gave me a step to take, uh, helped me to understand where church was not a maze to me, but it was a pathway, and that is the heart of this house uh, in the mission of doing everything they can to reach people and to let you know that this can be home for you and your family, whether you're a blended family or a single dad or Whatever the dynamic you're in right now, we want you to know we love you. We care about you. I love the mission of this church. I wish I could kind of copy and paste it to all the different churches that Dylan and I get to serve. I love this. We exist. Here's the why behind the what. We exist to love anyone from anywhere. Just that right there is a good amen. Come on, somebody. Into a personal relationship with Jesus. And I love those values. We do it through gathering. We do it through growing together. We do it through going. And, of course, what you've learned recently, you've seen this throughout the life of the church. And it's literally from the very beginning of the church, it's so good to have the bishop and his wife. Can we honor our founding pastor and his wife, the real deal? I call him my bishop. I just walk by and always say, oh, it's so good to see my bishop. And, uh, and, uh, but, I mean, just from the beginning, it, that you could mark this church on generosity. And we'll talk a little bit about it. So it's great to be here. And uh, then all the different outreach, all the different. You help us plant churches. So we plant churches every year. The organization is called ARC. In the last 21 years, because of the faithfulness of your tithe and offering, you go online to give and you text to give and all these different things. The leadership of this church, very trusted leadership of this church does. We go and launch new churches. And uh, we launched about 60 last year. But in 21 years, we've launched 1,051 churches. To God be the glory. Most of those in the U.S. starting to launch more in Canada. 
and uh, just having a blast doing that, helping to start churches. So thank you so much. Your pastor and his, and his wife are a part of that. And people are learning from this environment. I don't want to go and do this in other spaces. So we love your pastors. I just thank God. Pastor JC looking good this morning. I'll tell you what. Mock turtleneck looking so good. I wish I could wear one of those. Glory to God. But, you know, when you're a double X, you've got small selection. And so he's got a large selection. Always looks good. Thank God he married Kimberly. He'd be in a bad situation. Come on, can we clap our hands for our pastors? We love JC and Kimberly. You're, you're some of our favorite. And uh, I, I, I wish... I'd, I'd, I'd love to go to church here. I wish, you know, we weren't living in Birmingham. I think I'd live right here because of the life. You have fun here. You feel, you feel loved. Uh, you feel cared for. Integrity, stewardship, trust, all those are value of your pastors. And so the body, I'm going to tell you this right now, the body of Christ is better because of the, your pastors. Not only here, but how God is using them around the country. He's coaching pastors and helping them. But at the, at the end of the day, his favorite place on the planet is either in this pulpit or in that foyer, loving you. And I thank God for pastors like that. So it's an honor to be with you. Delenn and I love you guys. We've been married 34 years this December. My amazing wife and uh, we good, good, good. I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. I thank God for a good wife. She, she will tell me the truth and then feed me a to faith. Ah, come on. Whoa, I felt something just then. Hey. And so we, we have three kids having a blast in Birmingham. But I want to come alongside of what God is doing right here throughout the end of the year. Uh, this is a great time of giving. We, we hear a lot about it, but sometimes we wanted to go more than surface deep. And we want to understand the principle of God. You know, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the whole world that He did something. There was an action that He gave. Mother Teresa said, We're never more like God than when we give. So we've been learning about legacy. So I want to lean into that for a few minutes and talk for a few minutes about where it all starts. How, where does it start? Where does it all start in, uh, in our life and in our hearts? So let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for the integrity and the, the trust of, of our pastors and the, the leadership team here. And Lord, the wonderful people that make up Go Church. Speak to every heart today. Let every person know that they matter. That every, every, every person matters. Lord, thank you, Lord, that whatever they're walking through, it matters. So, Lord, we pray for every single person. Lord, that's here at another location. Speak to us today. We need more of you in our life. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, won't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person. That was your second choice. Tell them you look like you could use a little go church. Lose a little church, a little church, a little church. Have you ever done this in your life? As I know I do this as a parent. I've done this as a parent where you use the example of another person to motivate another person. Maybe you own a business and you're like, hey, if you installed windshields like that, other person would install windshields. Or maybe you, you own a company and you're trying to tell one salesman, hey, you know, this other salesman is really doing a great job right now. And it's where you use one to motivate another. Uh, you, we do that as parents, you know. It's like, well, you know, well, your sister or your brother, or there's always that perfect kid that shows up. And it's like, why don't you have 
have their manners? Why don't you you talk to that, you, you know, the way he talks to his mother, but, you know, you, you don't know that he's an Eddie Haskell. Come on, somebody. And if you're under 40, you Google it, glory to God. But if you're over 40, you understand that Eddie Haskell, real real nice, real kind, but behind the back, you know, they, they roll in your yard, egg in your house. I mean, it's just kind of that kind of kid. And uh, I had one of those. I had a, a, a we, we lived in a neighborhood, and there was a, we moved in our neighborhood. I met a young man across the street. His name was Dan Ray. Boy, he, he had perfect grades. He'd walk in my house and say, good to see you, Mr. Rizzo. Hey, hey, Miss Rizzo. Wow, Miss Rizzo, you look so good. I've never seen your hair look better, and you look so thin today. I love that apron that you have on. And I was like, you dirty, rotten dog, you. You, you about to go steal something, you know, you know, and, and so you know you, you're using one example to I- impact another person, and 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 I, and I love that that so often that is a, a, a that is a motivation. Uh, as I was reading this week and thinking about our time together, I came across this this moment in the life of Paul as he is teaching the Corinthian church in his second letter to the people of Corinth when he's he's talking to them about their life and their struggle and their giving and their heart and, and, and the world that they're living in, the culture that they're navigating. And he uses an example of another group of people that are in Macedonia, another another church, another uh, family uh, of God's people. And he, he uses their example and how God is, is touching their life even in the midst of pain and even in the midst of hardship and he uses them as a model to the to the to the church at Corinth and and it's an amazing thing that takes place in this exchange and in this conversation where God shows us some things about the power and the freedom of generosity even in the midst of hardship I want to read to you it says 2 Corinthians chapter 8 I'll read a couple verses to you I'll read them slow to you I like reading the Bible slow and just enjoying it for a few minutes. But I think it's amazing because you're not going to believe what these people have gone through. And the result of what they have gone through is not bitterness, it's not anger, it's it's not rejection, but it's the complete opposite of that. Paul says this, and now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about something. We want you to know about the grace that God has given I think it's interesting that he he titles this and he hangs it on the hook. Listen to me, church. He's hanging on the hook of the grace that God has given. I'm going to talk to you about grace. I'm going to talk to you about the unmerited favor. I'm going to talk to you about what we find in the gospel, the gospel of grace. He says this is what is happening in the grace that God has given to, to the Macedonian churches, that in the midst of of a very severe trial or the midst of an extreme testing time, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. When I hear that, those things don't even match. That you're going to tell me about the grace of God and you're going to tell me that in the midst of a severe trial, normally when you hear about someone being in the midst of a severe trial, the next thing you hear is not overflowing joy. That doesn't make any sense. You mean to tell me that the result of a test is there's an overflowing joy? And not only is there an overflowing joy, but they're having an overflow of joy in their extreme generosity, in their extreme poverty, out of the extreme poverty Welled up rich generosity. 
So out of a severe testing, joy showed up. Out of extreme poverty, generosity showed up. How can that be? The only way it can be is by the grace of God. Because you can't do that in human work. You can't do that in, in me, myself, and I. It's not possible. Uh, out of a severe test, I'm not coming at, at you with joy. Out of a severe test, I'm coming at you with depression, anxiety, panic. Out of extreme poverty, I'm not coming at you with generosity. I'm coming out of need and lack and complaining. That's real. But Paul describes these people that have discovered the grace of God for their own life. He goes on and says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able. They gave as what they could. And even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urged and pleaded with us. This is an amazing word. You ought to highlight this. They, they pleaded with us. Watch this. For the privilege of sharing. The privilege of sharing. Not the pain of sharing. Not the being forced to share. Hey, not being guilted into share. You know, when somebody says, well, good. Yeah, you just keep the cupcake. I didn't get one. What do you want? You want half of it? No. Eat the whole thing, you hog. What do you want me to do? No, it's, a, it's the privilege of sharing in this service for the Lord's people. It's a beautiful verse for us. And they exceeded our expectations. I'm believing God's going to do that. Exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first. Everybody say first. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God, also to us. Can I have a good, may for, a good amen for God's word? Oh, I love that picture. I love this picture. I wrote this down. We see that these individuals were suffering. They were surviving some tough things. But in the middle of their suffering, in the middle of their surviving, they had made a decision to put God first. That even though things were closing down in the natural, they kept their heart open. And because their heart was open to the grace of God, it kept their hand open. And in the midst of challenging times, they still were walking in the freedom of generosity. And were finding grace for their own lives. You know, I came to Christ when I was 18 years old, not raised in church. We were not church-going people. And, uh, and then I showed up and got, got reached to an outreach so when you, do, when you give out backpacks, when you give out groceries and all the things that you do as a church, you wonder, is anybody getting reached? Oh, I got reached because the church did a creative outreach. When you do a serve day or a love day, one of those things impacted me. I showed up at a church. I got involved with the church. And my first pastor, boy, he was an interesting individual. He's a little bit of a mean preacher, but he was a good man. You, know, you ever been around, around an angry preacher, a little, little angry? Just let me tell you something right now. Look at me. He said, look at me a lot. Let me tell you, look at me right now. Like he wanted to fight me or something. I mean, he just, little angry preach, long-winded preacher, preach a whole series. You think he was laying in the plane? He going to go back around the runway. Preach a whole series on Sunday. You weren't going to go to Popeye's first. You're going to go to Popeye's last. You are never going to lunch early. You're going, to, you, you're going late in the day. But good man, godly man, but an angry preacher, he was a confronter. Confronted. I'm 19 years old. I've been in the church probably five, six months. And he, he, he could, one day in the foyer, he, he, he looked at me and said, oh, Brother Dino, 
call me brother. I'm 19. I'm like, are we, are we related? I, what is that term, brother? He's like, are we related? He said, Brother Dino, I'm going to need to speak with you. Can you step over here to this side of the foyer? Can I counsel you? And he, he would just counsel in the foyer of the church. I mean, didn't have an inside voice, only had an outside voice. Foyer by eight by eight. He's like, can you come over here? Can we have a meeting? I'm here. It's a small foyer. What are we doing? I'll never forget that. That man looked at me and said, you're not giving to God. You're not a giver. I said, no, I'm, I've been giving. He said, no, I checked the records. I never forget, he looked at me and said, you've been eating at the buffet, but you've been bypassing the cash register. Like, he's John the Baptist, you viper, you just devil. I was like, I said, no, he said, no, no, no. He said, you have not learned the freedom of generosity. You haven't learned tithing. It's my fault. You had not learned anything. I said, but I've been giving. He said, no, you've been tipping, but you've not been giving. And in the foyer of the church at 19 years old, you would think he would have ran me off. But he didn't run me off. Why? Because I was already embracing the grace of God. And in the grace of God, I was ready to learn. And he taught me the principle and the freedom of generosity about the power of tithing, about the power of listening to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to share and to be a blessing and to help other people and to give over and above. He just taught me about that freedom. Can I tell you something? At 19 years old, I didn't completely understand it. But at 58 years old, I'm glad he taught me about the power of generosity because he knew something I didn't know. He knew something about being a husband and being a father and being a friend, and that there'd be one day that maybe I would be even more blessed, and that God would put something in my hand, or in my heart, and he knew about the power of sharing. I didn't understand that. I look back over all the things he taught me, and over all the things as a young man trying to figure out life, and trying to figure out love, and trying to figure out others, and trying to figure out leadership, and how to navigate pain, and how to go through storms. And I'm so grateful that in those moments, I learned early on the power of generosity. And I'm not talking about generosity just when everything's good. How many knows it's easy to bless when you're blessed? I think the real test of our generosity, the real test of loving our neighbor, the real test of hurting, helping someone who's hurting is when we ourselves are in lack. We're living in challenging times right now. We're living in times, I wrote this down in my journal the other day. These are challenging environments, the here and now. And I'm talking about real talk, unemployment, and inflation, and foreclosure, and bankruptcy, and debt. It affects us all. Everyone's touched by these things. But we're not the first. Here we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, there's this mirror that the, that the Corinthians and the Macedonians, they were all going through tough times. But Paul said, look at them, that in the midst of their challenge, in the midst of tough times, they have kept a surrendered heart and they put God first and they're living in the freedom of generosity and the grace of God is overwhelming them. That's the picture that we have. We live in tough times. How many knows it's hard out there in them streets? There's some upset people every day. You don't have to go far to find somebody upset 
I mean, just the, uh, the other day I was preaching in a church, told this story, but it just so resonates with the world that we're living. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm preaching a bunch that day. I get in late. I'm hungry. I get up early in the morning. It's an early pickup. They got church start at 8. There's like five services. Guy swing by to get me. I'm in a rental. He says, come on, we're going to go to church. I said, hey, hey, listen, before we get to church, uh, y'all got any snacks over there? Y'all got anything to eat? He said, oh, yeah, we're ready for you today. We're, now, he said, we're a healthy church, and we got five services, five of them. Pastor, he said, we prepared for you a kale smoothie. You prepared for me a kale smoothie? No, you ain't prepared for me a kale smoothie. Now, if you want me to sit on a stool and teach, I'll drink a kale smoothie. But I'm burning diesel. Brother about to preach up in here. I'm burning diesel up here. Now, me no kale smoothie. And so we, I, he, I'm following him, and I just detour myself. I see McDonald's. I roll in McDonald's. About to get me a sausage egg, baby, and my bad, bad, free. About all right. Cincinnati, send me in. And I pull in there, and I'm trying to order something. And, man, I, I order, and I pull around. I see a car that's, that's not by the drive. It's about 8 feet off, 10 feet off. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm, I, I'm nosy. Ooh, I'm nosy. I love getting involved with stuff I ain't supposed to be involved with. When people start having drama, I love me some drama. So I, I look up, lady gets out of her car, and she's yelling at the drive-thru. How many knows it's hard out in them drive-thru moments right now? You own a fast food restaurant, you work at a fast food, we love you, God bless you. It's hard out there to get a three-piece. And that lady, she, she's yelling, and she takes her sandwich, and she throws it through the drive-thru. I'm like, what? I get my phone out. Boy, I'm about to TikTok this. I'm about to blow up. About to get me a million followers right now. Ah! And she is yelling. This happened 7 a.m. in Cincinnati. She said, I need a griddle. I need a griddle. And she's about to go down. She's winded. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, and I just get, I, I just step up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a pastor. I'm glory to God. Going to preach. But get, give me two Mac girls. Give me two Mac girls. I got, I got two Mac. I'm, I'm, I'm like working for McDonald's. I'm like a McDonald's chaplain at this point now. Give me two Mac girls. Get, I, get, I said, get in the car. Get in the car. You, you need going home. Go home. I said, you can't be acting like that out here. I said, man, and I looked at her. I said, life is bigger than a Mac griddle. I said, I love you. God bless you. I'm a preacher, man of God, about to preach. Go home with them at Gretel's. She pulls up. I pull up the drive through. That lady's looking at me. I was like, I'm sorry. Are we good? Can I get us all of my mother? She gives it to me. I said, I'm so sorry for the way you were treated. I said, man, I'm going to preach, praying for you. And, and as I get my food, I feel the Holy Spirit nudge. The grace of giving. And uh, give, give her what's in your wallet. Tip, tip her. I don't normally tip at McDonald's. I don't normally do that. I reach in, all I got's a hundred. And I got a twenty like normal. And I felt the holy I felt the Holy Spirit give it all. I said, ma'am, let me give you that. Let me give you a I said, no, 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 I want you to keep all that. I want you to keep all that. That's a lot of money. I want you to keep all that. She said, no, no, I can't. I said, no, 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 I want you to keep all that. She said, I want to, I said, I want to bless you. I want, I want you to know God loves you. God cares about you. He sent me to McDonald's to take. I'm about to go preach. I'm a man of God. I'm a pastor. She's like, oh, glory to God. I feel the whole. She's, she starts having a praise break. And she's like, glory. 
She's shouting. I'm driving. Ah! I'm shouting. And I, I just said, Keep the chains. Keep the glory. Glory. Why not? They get cussed at. Why not change the world one drive through at a time? Why not? Why not? Why not? Because of the grace of God that has been given to my life. It's not about her. It's about the grace that I've received. I just said, Lord, help me to live a keep the change life. Because of what you have done in my life, in my suffering, in my lack, in my moments. God, let me live that way. Because I believe this is where it all starts. This is where it begins. It's to live that life of a giving heart, a, a live a legacy. You've been taught about the power of legacy. Where you do something that is beyond the here and now. Where, Lord, these moments, this offering that we'll receive today throughout the end of the year, my tithe, my, my noticing of a neighbor, my leaning in and cooking the meal and my bringing the backpack and me giving somebody a ride to the doctor, all these different ways that we, we, we lean in and we listen to the Holy Spirit and we do what the Macedonian church did and we do what the Corinth church is being encouraged about and we have an attitude of the privilege of sharing and we live from that place that, Lord, we, we, we've got it. You can't keep me from giving. Lord, you can't, I can't, I'm not going to be stopped from giving because of my circumstances. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to stop giving and blessing because of my situation. And I'm going to still live my life that way. And we live from that place. And, and the reason why is because of one thing that said the scripture is the reason why they could operate that way, the reason why they could live that way, and you can live that way as a college student, as a single mom, or, or as a, a senior adult. The reason, reason why is because we have given ourselves first to the Lord. When I give myself first to the Lord, then Lord, everything here, everything is yours. Everything. Uh, I can remember when I was in college, we, I was doing a fasting and I felt the call of ministry on my life. And I was so, Lord, I just give everything. And I went to a chapel and there was a missionary there and he talked about surrendering all. The surrender life. And I remember going back to my dorm room and, you know, I just was moved. I didn't have much. But I can remember in, in, before the Lord in my dorm room, I was like, Lord, you, you have it all. Take everything. I got a basketball over there. I got a Walkman. Now, one of the headphones don't work, but it's a Walkman. And I got two flip flops. They don't match. It was so, I laid it all on the altar. Lord, take everything I own my basketball, my Walkman, my flip flop. You can have it all. You know how easy it was? Oh, but I got a little more now than one basketball. I got a few basketballs. I ain't got a Walkman. I got surround sound. I got a flip-flops, man. I got to be some shoes. But can I do it again? Can I do it again? Lord, take it all. Here's everything, Lord. I'll, I'll be moved. Lord, whatever you want, I'll live my life surrendered to you. In this attitude... Where it all begins, Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, the reason why you're 
you're, you're so moving us and encouraging us is because you, you acknowledge the grace of God, you gave your life to Him, and then out of that, any way to serve, and whether you're leading a small group or you make it a difference in, the, in, in your life, you, you see it as, as a privilege of sharing. Not an obligation, not a guilt, but a, a privilege of sharing, which is, is really at the end of the day, it's worship to God. And he says, wow, and now I'm using you as an example to other groups that are, that are, that are in that same situation of making a difference. So I wrote down a few words of what this means, of where does it start, how do we get this started in our life, and how do we sustain this, this life of generosity and walking off, right? And there's three words. The first one is lordship. Oh, that's an important word for anyone. The lordship of Jesus Christ. I don't know how many times I walk through something and I'm trying to figure something out in my family or my finances or my kids, I got grown kids. How many of grown kids will make you pray? Grown kids make you pray way more than little babies. Mm-hmm. Lord. I mean, when they, you know, we look, let the other day I was with one of our, our team at our church. He said, oh, I was up all night long. You know, the baby's colicky. Okay. Yeah, huh? You up all night long? Yeah, yeah. Wait till they're 22 and you ain't heard from them. Oh, you're going to be up way late. I mean, I mean, every dynamic is the dynamic, but, you know, just, you know, but, but the idea of, of lordship, when I'm going through something, when I'm facing something, so often for me, I bring it back, I bring myself back to lordship. Lord, it's, it's all you. I'm not an owner of anything. I'm a steward. I don't own all this. It's all yours. I'm a steward. And you, you know, I heard somebody say this, that the definition of lordship, it goes like this. Yes, what's the question? That's lordship. Yes, Lord. What's the request? It's not tell me the request and then I'll, I'll, I'll weigh out my options. That's not lordship. Lordship is yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. What would be that? Yes, it's the Lordship. It's where He's on the throne of our life. He's on the throne of our heart. He's on the throne of our, our blended family. He's on the throne of my world. He's, he's on the throne of my business. He's on the throne of, of my creativity. He's on the throne of my opportunity. It's just the Lordship of Jesus Christ underneath the grace of God. Oh, it's a good place. Lordship is a safe place to live in a crazy world. Oh, it's such a, I mean, even in the midst of their severe trial, even in the midst of extreme poverty, even in the midst of so much pain, they were living under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you something? There was a covering in his lordship that will insulate you from the craziness of this world. It's just the reality of the lordship of Jesus Christ. You know what the lordship says? I'm not in charge. I'm not the master of my universe. I'm just a servant of the Most High. That's pretty good. It's the Lordship. The other thing that I wrote down, it's just our life. It starts with our life. Just where you're at. My life is running a sod farm. My life is making cupcakes. My life is, I'm a painter. My life is a real estate broker. 
my life as someone who, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trim carpenter. You know, my life as a, as a, as a, a salesman or woman, my, it's just my life. I, I live my life with an, what, a, a yielded heart, an open heart, therefore I, I live an open hand. In the dynamic of my life, as I teach school, as I, I, as I, 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 I build this building, as I, as I do my door dash, come on somebody, so I work at Amazon. It's just my life in these expressions, just living a life of generosity, living a life of noticing, living a life of caring. The lordship and the life. And I live my life in the dynamic and the talent and the gift that God has, has given me. And I'm going to use the way that I cook or the way that I, I speak or the way that I listen, the way that I care. The way that I think, I'm going to live it yielded to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to live it with generosity. And I'm going to live it. And I'm going to make sure that the recipe that I've learned in my own skill and the recipe that I've learned in my own hard work and the recipe that I've learned with the gift that's on my life, I'm going to make sure that I make it available to other people. To be a blessing to other people in the workplace and on the job site. I'm just going to live that way. It's the lordship and then it's the life. And then the last thing that I wrote down, I think that all starts with legacy. You've learned a lot about legacy. I don't need to re-preach the things that pastors talk about. But legacy, it's where what we do today in our giving what we do to every single week is we're faithful in our tithe or we serve on a team or we, we're, we, we are, or give to the end of the year. Whatever expression that looks like that you and I were doing, Lord, that this moment literally lasts forever. Because literally what we do is sowing into the gospel, which is speaking into the grace of God, which then defines, watch this, the purposes of God on the planet today. We get to be a part of that. Because it all belongs, it all comes from you, Lord, and it all belongs to you. And I get to live my life as a steward. So the panic and the fear and the anxiety that's happening all around us, I see it. And I recognize it. But there's an insulation. There's a firewall that I'm living in. Because I know who it comes from and who it belongs to. And my heart is open and my hand is open. Amen. i never forget when Delenn and I first got married. Her daddy is a good man. Helped us buy a lot. A lot. He bought us a little lot. A subdivision. But we were so excited. We saved and gave to that. It took probably three years, three or four years. We gave, bought, bought purchased that lot. We went and got us a little loan, built us a little house. And we're going to build it ourselves. Come on, Louisiana boy, Cajun. Every Cajun got a, got a saw, glory to God. We're just going to build it ourselves and work with a contractor. We have family over there in the weekends insulating and running wiring and all that kind of, all you cleaning up the jobs, like picking up bricks, finish, finishing the sheetrock, all family, family, family. And we were so proud of that little house. We're about done with it. Getting ready to trim it out. Got the ACs, you know, set. I mean, a lot of things. We're in that last, last little bit of finishing out the house. You know, we're painting. Got the cabinets in. Oh, we, good things happening. 
I didn't forget we were at our little apartment that we were living in during the time. We just started pastoring the church. We just moved out of a parsonage. We were living in this little apartment. And about 3 in the morning, I get a phone call at the house. It's for cell phones. Anybody, anybody here remember pre-cell phone days? Y'all remember those phones you'd carry around at your house? They're like, like a little portable phone, a wireless phone. Boy, you're like, what's up? A wireless phone right here. We got a wireless phone. It rang, and I picked up, and he said, Preacher, preacher. Had a guy lived across the street call me preacher. Preacher, preacher, your house is on fire. I thought he was talking about the apartment I was in. I jumped up, baby, get up. He said, no, 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 no. The house you're building is on fire. I think McCall was probably six months old, nine months old, our first daughter. He said, baby, stay here, pray. I jumped in my Toyota Celica, ran out there. to the and, I, and as I pulled into the subdivision, I saw that orange glow in the sky. I said, oh, man, that's a big one. I pulled around the subdivision. I looked up. I got out my car. Firemen, neighbors. And right when I was standing, the last little bit of the firemen, thank God for the firemen, it would have burnt the other house down. They're working hard. The last moment as they put the hose, knocked the last little bit of walls down. My house was a pile of ashes that we were building. Thank God we not moved in. Thank God nobody was there. Nobody was hurt. And I was standing there. Finally, a fireman walked up and said, uh, it, it, somebody said, this is your house. And they kept, we're looking, they, they came down, whose house, is this your, whose house? And I'm sitting there. Oh, man. I got a revelation. I said, I got a revelation. It's your house. He kept saying, this is your house. This is your house. Finally, a friend of mine walked up, put his hand up, and said, are you okay? He said, I'm good. Because God's house just burnt down. That ain't my house. I said, Lord, your house burnt down tonight. What are you going to do about it? Because I'm a tither, I'm a giver, and I'm a bless somebody. That is your house. I'm nothing but a, a steward. I don't own all this. This all belongs for you. All I know, Lord, is your house burnt down tonight. I'm going back home, going to bed. There comes a time in your life in the midst of pain and struggle and doubt and turmoil, you have to decide whose does all this belong, who does all this belong to? It belongs to him. And God helps us through that season. We rebuilt that house. We lived in that house. The Lordship of Jesus Christ makes you live like that. Here, Lord, here's my life. Here's my marriage. Here's my kids. Here's my finances. Here, here it's yours. Let's be those people. Let's keep being that church. Can I have a good amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And as our pastor comes and helps lead us in these moments. Lord, like the people in Macedonian who had gone through some extreme things. Even in the midst of extreme things. We are overjoyed by your grace. The grace of God. Thank you for the grace of God that is on this house that is on the leadership, that is on every person here and watching. 
there's a grace to give. There's a giving grace that's on this house and on your people. Lord, we love you. Maybe you're here today and you just feel far from God. I just want to take a moment, give you an opportunity to have a new beginning and a fresh start. You say, Dean, I feel far from God and I need to give my, I need to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I feel like I've been in control. All across this room, with every head bowed, every eye closed. Dino, can you pray for me? I want to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, can you just slip up your hand? Say, Dino, pray for me. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I've been trying to run my life. I've been trying to control things, trying to fix things. No, to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I yield my life. All across this room, if, you, if, you, if that's you, if you just say, Dino, pray for me. Thank you, thank you. I see hands going up. You can put that hand down. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, I surrender my life. I surrender my heart. I give you everything. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. I believe that you died and you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Say this. Give me a new beginning and a fresh start to your lordship. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who made that decision.